everyone, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. And here we are on um, April 22nd, many weeks into the uh, unusual circumstances that are facing our country here in the United States and the world. And um, I join you in testifying to the goodness of our God. You know, it's been over, a, it's been a month now since our seminar, our March seminar ended. And um, these times have been eventful for a number of reasons. But the most prominent factor that we rejoicingly report concerning is that our Father is with us. And, um, these are, these are rather peculiar times, um, to say the least. You know, on, on Sunday I spoke about Kairos moments, and that just keeps pressing. We have been uh, familiar with the definition of Kairos for, um, for many, 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 many years because it is, it is a factor in all of the timetable of God. But Uniquely in this epic, uh, God has turned the page. Um, he has turned the page of um, of his uh, of his overall timetable, and we're in a new environment now, according to what God has ordained, and that's an important thing for us to remember, because um, God has ordained the moment we're in. We are serving the God of the universe and every universe, everything, our God is over. And um, we, we know that his progression is rapidly um, pursuing the things that he has ordained from the foundation of the world. And so whenever, whenever a chronos... Um, is of the timing of God, the, the entire timing of God occurs, Kairos plays, uh, plays itself out in the progression of that. And so we've talked about this, how Kronos is like the face of the clock, but Kairos is the individual hand strikes. And um, so God is always moving in a Kairos fashion, but it's, it's, it's always in conjunction with what his overall timing is says. And so um, when this unprecedented, well, it's not unprecedented. There have been, there've been changes in the, in the overall timing of God. He's turned the page and says, a new epoch is here in other times. But whenever that happens, um, there's, a, there's a mad scramble for Kairos to be re, readjusted. Uh, the, the Kairos um, uh, playing out of the of the minutes and the hours to play out there's there's a mad scramble for that uh, as time just initiates and then it begins to move and what you have is the people of God seeking him adjusting themselves to what he's doing in the new time and you have the enemy who is trying to change the times and to establish himself so that he can best obstruct and obscure and create confusion. And then you have the world 
that is dealing with uh, the the effects of this on the world system, and that usually generates fear and suspicion. And you know, as as has been said, uh, challenges reveal the integrity in people or the lack thereof. And um, it it's just a crazy moment. But what we must remember is that we have the insight as to what's really going on and we're serving the one who is over it all and our intercession is partnering with the ongoing manifestation of his musterion so again i don't want to confuse any of you novices but those who have studied this and you should have if you're a saint recognize that the chronos plays itself out in a kairos progression. The What we pray in the Spirit, the Bible clearly says, is we're talking to our Father. We are ministering to Him according to the mysterion or mysterion, the mysteries, which those are the ongoing progressions of what God's mystery is playing out. But the overall facet of it is the apocalypsis. And so if you've got Kronos and apocalypsis on the one hand, you've got Kairos and you've got Mysterion on the other. The same could be said for Logos and, and for Rhema. You know, you've got an overarching foundation and then you've got a progressive revelation of it. So we're to be praying according to, to our Father, according to what, the musterion is in the spirit we're praying and that's speaking mysteries that God always looks for an intercessor and so we're praying right now in a in a desperation moment not not fearful but we we must be there close to our father praying in the spirit so that we can be speaking the things that he is revealing freshly in this in this hour and it's an exciting prospect you know, Jesus said in Acts 1 that, you know, we need to go to, they needed to go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father, because the Father keeps the Kronos and the Kairos in his command. And so um, that turning of the page had just happened when Jesus uh, rose from the dead. And um, so the birth of the church was there, and these people were to be praying. They were to be waiting in their, um, in their supplication-type prayer. And they were to be inhabiting what God had established for them to do. Tarrying wasn't just hanging on and waiting till God has his, you know, finally desires to move. That's what the church has regularly established tarrying to be. And it's usually in regard to the, 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 the gift of tongues and it was wrongly established. You have some people that are still tarrying to speak their first words in tongues. God never intended that. And that term used only there in the book of Acts speaks about us establishing our abiding place and doing it with, with great um, periphery uh, what God has called us to do in that moment. That's what they were supposed to be doing in the upper room. Not everybody wants to do it of the 500 that were watching Jesus ascend into the clouds and who heard the word of the angels. Uh, there were only 120 left in that upper room. 
those numbers were fading fast just in a few weeks. And you think about that 25%, which is, you know, you look at the parable of the soils and you see, um, you see that only, only that last, that last group actually sub, uh, survived. You know, they weren't hard soil. They weren't shallow. They weren't allowing the cares of this world to pierce them. They abided faithfully in to the point where they could bring forth fruit that was acceptable to the God that we serve and love. And so um, you had that one-fourth left at Pentecost uh, who were ready to receive and who were in supplication gleaning what was going on to where Peter, the spokesman, could say, this is that, and which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Well, where are we in this hour? Where are you in this hour? Uh, hopefully, the saints are, um, are, are not being pierced by the cares of this world. They're out there, believe me, every day I'm facing them. And the enemy is trying every way he can to stop the saints from praying and to wear them out, according to what Daniel says, or to, um, or to cause their hand of partnership with God to be lax on our end. Um, and um, we can't let that happen. We've got to be faithful. And that's really what we want to talk about today. But um, just know that all of those verses, you've got time on your hands. Study Kairos through the New Testament. It's easy to do. Um, in fact, I'll help you to know a jumping point. Um, if you don't want to look in Acts 1, where the times and the seasons are listed, look with me at uh, 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to read that beginning at verse 6 through verse 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Guess what that is? Kairos. So, for those of you who've never done a study, I can't imagine anybody listening would say, I've never done a study. But go to your Bible program, click on that due time, you'll see that it's Kairos, and then search for it. Search for it, and then look at all them. And remember what we said about it earlier. Um, but we, we are partnering with God. Look at that. We have to humble ourselves. And we are under the, the kratos hand of God, which is the power of the throne. And we, we don't look for exaltation. We look to be utilized by God and to put in a position where we can serve him. That's all exalt is. It has nothing to do with pride. In the midst of kairos. So what we have to do is humble ourselves in this point. And that's a good thing to do since you can't do anything else. <laughs> you know, you, you, you just look at all the things that are, that are just hindered right now. And it's, it can be frustrating, and believe me, I can testify to this. It can be frustrating. Um, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. I can't go to church and meet with my brothers and sisters in real time. You know, I, I can't go to the store except for these hours. And, you know, I can't go to the bank. And, 
you know, I'm trying to apply for this, and it's a log jam. And I hear how these people took advantage of the system, and they blocked the, the legitimate people back. And it's frustrating. So if there was ever a time where humbling is, uh, is needed, it's now. So humble yourself, not to the system, but under the power of the throne and his partnership, uh, his hand. And we're going to be used in this in Kairos. We're going to be used right now in this Kairos moment. So we cast all of our care upon him, verse 7, because he cares for us. Care, the casting that we're supposed to do, is those things that overwhelm our mind and our memory. You just can't get it off your head. It's it's a mnemonic thing. That's the Greek word uh, where we get mnemonic processes is used there. And there's a lot of that too. I mean, almost throughout the day, I have to cast things. It's like it's like my mind is working overtime, and it's on behalf of the church. I'm not trying to paint myself as a saint, but there's so many things that we're trying to press through, and we're facing resistance and opposition, and you know, it just kind of it's just right there in the front of your head, and it just gets frustrating. And I have to say, the enemy sees that he tries to press it and I have to admit I've at some point I'm not done a very good job in processing this I have to cast that before the Lord and so do you for he cares for you this is not the same word as the care we're casting this is always in third person this is God looking upon you this is this is God not being concerned for himself but upon you. What is third person? I, you, he. We, you, they. He and they. God is looking upon you and all of us. And I, I love that. I mean, I love that, that that's his care. We're to be serving him. His timetable is not in doubt. Uh, we're to be serving that, and he does that for our benefit, so that we will be developed in partnership with him. And that we can share with him and what he's doing and in the journey, know him. But as we're doing that, he's watching for us. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. God's eye is on us. And if he cares for the sparrow and the, and the, uh, the, the flowers of the field, how much more does he care for us? So I'm grateful for that. So we must be sober. Don't become inebriated with anything. Be vigilant. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Um, now, that's kind of a weird thing. How can your brethren be in the world? Well, I think it's better to, to recognize that there are afflictions in the world. We're in the world, but we're not of them. And the same challenges that we're battling, our brethren are battling. This is one of the reasons why uh, I felt late last week that here at the Father's Church, we needed to initiate a prayer, everyday prayer agenda 
for the members of our congregation, where every day we list individuals or a family, and I send it out every every morning by personal email, and I ask for our congregation to pray for those folks on that day, to declare the blood over them, to pronounce blessing, to ask favor, to ask for the blood of Jesus to protect them against this plague and pestilence. And it's not just for now. It's for what is going to be coming on the earth in the years to come. And, um, you know, the enemy's trying to change the times. Uh, he wants to mess up what God is, is establishing right now. We've got to hold fast for the saints to fulfill what our calling is and for the window that God has ordained to be done. And so we're praying over our congregation, and we're praying over the pastors in the network, every one of them, both here in the U.S. and in other nations. And um, um, I would encourage those of you who have churches to initiate something like this. And you can lump everybody together, but you know as well as I do that if you don't specify people, there, there are going to be those that really don't get the type of prayer they need because there are those more uh, more well-known or more in the moment of need. So have pray for them. And if you're in the network and you're not in a church or you're not uh, affiliated specifically with this church or one of the other churches, you pray. And, you know, I'm I may not be asking our congregation to pray for you, but throughout the day, um, I I lift up a great number of you each day who the Lord brings to my heart and my mind. And I'm not trying to paint myself as some kind of an icon, but I know that's my responsibility. So we need to pray for our brethren because the same challenges that are hitting you and that you're contending with, they're contending with. You know, one of the great strategies of the enemy and of the flesh is that, oh, woe is me. I'm the only one. That's what Elijah said. Oh, God, here I am, the only one who's facing these things. And God finally said, you know, there are 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. So we need to be very careful that we don't view the issues that go on in a subjective way to where we just think it's us or it's just me. Now, every one of you ha do have responsibilities that are commensurate with what God has called you to do, and you face them. You know, that's why the Scripture says, in a, not in a confusing way, you know, every man must bear his own burden, but let us bear the, the burden of our neighbor. What does that mean? Well, we lift up our neighbor, but there are certain things that are ours alone. And commensurate, you cannot expect everybody else to come running to your rescue. You're going to have to take a stand. Everybody has to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. But you can work it out. And I've said this before. One of the great blessings of many that I just enjoyed as a pastor was when we started, when God started allowing network churches and others to come alongside us. And I started hearing some of the things those people faced. And for years, I, the enemy would say, you know, well, um, you know, it's your fault. If you hadn't done this, if you hadn't done that, or if you had done this, you could have avoided this attack. 
And, you know, guilt would come. And then I hear other pastors would say, you know, this happened to me. And I'd say, hey, wait a second. That's the same nonsense the enemy was throwing at me. And it, it just does my heart good, not because you're facing problems, but to know that somebody as holy as you were facing these things. So the enemy, he, I knew he was lying, but now this just confirms it. So pray for one another. Take the opportunity to pray for one another in the Spirit. And, um, and, and just declare blessing over those that God brings to your heart. But we need to be standing together, and we don't need to think that we've just been isolated and secluded. Sometimes I, I read what David wrote, and he says things, you know, who have I, you know, you're my rock. I have no one else to turn to. And in some regard, you know, those who are in leadership, you know, God is our rock because we answer directly to him. We have accountability. But David was saying, look, I can't look to somebody else and expect them to come alongside and make my job easy. You know, if, if we've learned anything, I hope you're learning some things during this season. I hope you're identifying the, some of the things that you may have thought would be answers for you when something like this happened now are not there. You need to really evaluate some of the things you thought were your safety net because, boy, it's not here. I'll just tell you one. Um, for me, you know, years ago I established a safe deposit box, and I thought, well, I'm going to keep things here that we might need. And some of the things that over the many years I have collected, you know, that I thought, well, I'll just keep these things because later on in life when I'm older or you know, if there's ever some kind of a enemy assignment that you read about in the end times, I can utilize these. This is not a this is not going to be an ongoing thing, but in this came may come in handy in a pinch. Well, whew, even right now, shelter in place. I can't access that box. And believe you me, as the old preacher said, as soon as I'm able to get in there, I'm getting all that stuff out. I don't know where I'm gonna hide it. Maybe I don't need it at all. <laughs> if anything, we recognize, you know, that whole thing about the piece of bread buying a bag of gold, that may be truer for you than you recognize. Our hope is not in mankind. It is in God. And I, I look at my retirement account that we set up years and years ago. I knew that as a pastor, I wasn't going to be able to rely upon pensions like a lot of other people including my dad did as a steel worker so i established this thing and bless god dear brother in our congregation his company manages that for me and i don't fault him at all for what's come upon the earth but man i've lost i don't know how much money i've lost from that you know and as you're getting older and you look for retirement you think okay I'll have this, and we'll have this and this, and, you know, we can manage, which you should be smart in that way. It's not that your hope is in money, but, you know, you, you just have to look, and you need to, you need to plan a little bit. But um, I, uh, <laughs> I got the statement the other day. It was great over the past couple of years with the booming economy. Look, look at this. How's your IRA doing? How's your, how's your investment doing? 
Well, boy, it took a, a hit these past few months, so you can't rely on that either. Your hope is in the Lord, and your hope is in eternity. So humble yourself. Cast those things aside. Be wise, but cast those things aside and pray for your brothers and sisters in, in the saints because these same things are there. And the enemy goes about as a roaring lion. He's watching how you react. He's trying to keep you from serving the Father. Uh, he's trying to keep you from the Kratos hand of God. He's trying to keep you from, um, from that assignment that you have been given by him, by God. He's trying to uh, keep you from, um, from serving in a way in this Kairos moment that you should be serving in. So know that the enemy, and, and the enemy is not creating the challenge. It's the, these things that we're to cast before the Lord are in our own head. The enemy's greatest, the, the enemy's greatest army is, is um, in the world that he can convince people to do his bidding. His greatest weapon against you, I've met the enemy and it is us, is your thinking. So watch it. If you're inflamed about something, good Lord, how many times have, have we all learned this in Scripture? You know, sometimes, man, when, when you face something, you almost cringe because you think, I better not say that. People will be offended, think I'm talking about them, and I'm not. I'm just saying this is the way it is. I mean, the greatest battles we've faced when the enemy wants to stop us is through people who don't know how to keep their iniquities and their emotions in check. And they rise up and a get thee behind me Satan moment happens. If it could happen to Peter, it can happen to you. So know that that's there. Don't focus too much on the enemy. There are things that he is releasing now that are new on the scene. But again, he's roaming. He's not doing a full frontal attack. He's looking to see what things you have not submitted to God, and he's looking for ways to keep you from serving under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. Die to, to the flesh. Remember what the, the Bible says in the book of Revelation. How do we overcome the enemy? By, um, by for the blood of the Lamb. Haven't we focused a lot on that recently? And by the word, the logos of our testimony, how we die on behalf of the overarching foundational word of God. That's how you overcome the enemy. Point blank. That's it. So if the enemy is trying to rush in to do something, the blood will meet him. Don't you give him an open door. You die to self and submit to the logos. And that's, that's, that's good advice. Preach it, brother. Preach it. See, I miss having somebody to play off of, you know, to joke with. I get so many amens in my church. Um, be sober, be vigilant. We've got we've to keep our mind when all around us, others are losing theirs. And be careful. I mean, again, I've said this before. Love one another, but don't be taking your advice through somebody that's just parroting CNN or Fox. Don't be taking your advice from somebody who hasn't prayed 
for anything other than their meal when they remember to in the past couple of months. Okay? Be sober. Don't be inebriated by false or other words or other people's fears. And be vigilant. Commit yourself to what God is saying. We resist the enemy steadfast. How? Verse 9. In the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accompanied in your brethren in the world. You resist the enemy in the faith. What has God said to you at the right hand of his throne? You need to be faithful to be there. And I, I say this. I know how easy it is when you're cooped up with other people in your house and to find that place where you pray in diversities of tongues. But you better find it. You, you better find it. You know, I'm not going to advise you as to how to do it. I'm just saying, you better be faithful to do it. Man, oh man, the enemy has tried to shut my intercession down. And I'm not blaming the enemy. I mean, he if he sees me leaning in one way, if he pushes me that way, oh, why am I leaning? Now, you know, I know some of you are busy. You're working from home. You've got family members. You've got parents or you've got you've got children but don't you're not getting a hall pass pray in the spirit why because you're serving the father but why also it's building you up it's strengthening you your most holy faith is being built up by that we need that now you know, we need to be more concerned with that than whether we have toilet paper and whether we have enough food for the next couple days. I don't think any of us are missing a meal, and I pray you have TP. Well, I'm not praying for that. <laughs> what a weird world we're living in. Man, oh man, let's keep reading. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. It seems to me that we spoke about that at the very beginning of the last seminar. Maybe you should go back and listen to that. Maybe you should go back and listen to some of those words that um, were kind of prophetic, kind of. They were prophetic for where we are right now. This is a great time. Oh, yeah. My, you know, last Wednesday, I battled some things that I had never, I'd never seen before, never felt before. And I'm still gleaning what they are. And it's in God's timing. He's showing it. This morning, I woke up and was dealing with nonsense through a government application that we were making. And um, I was just frustrated. And as soon as I let that start to peak, the enemy was there. And I felt a whole other wave of things. Stand fast today. Uh, today particularly, turn every measure of cursing to the good. Bless the Lord. Remember who you're serving. You're with God. He's taking care of you. It may not be what you want, but it's 
what you need. It seems like uh, Donald Trump plays that old Rolling Stones song at the beginning of his uh, his rallies. Um, that was in the hymnal. The assemblies fought about whether to put it in the hymns of glorious praise, but it finally made it in there. Just joking. Um, you, you know, maybe this time is doing us a favor. Maybe it's giving us an opportunity to break old patterns. And maybe this shaking is revealing what is really needed and what is not. You know, there were a lot of people over the past year who were touting easy grace and, you know, talking about authority and how we have it all and, you know, we don't ever have to deal with anything because it's just given to us from the moment we become born again. And I think, man, that just, that, we have to grow. And it's not always as easy as just snapping your finger or laying a hand on somebody and suddenly, poof, every obstacle goes away. Maybe this is kind of resetting some of that in some of you. And you found out that it's not just as easy as strumming a guitar and saying a word and suddenly everything's fine. You know, patience is the first sign of the apostolic. And I don't know how you're going to do any apostolic work unless you develop patience. And you know what patience is? It's knowing what God wants and holding on. Yes, that word is true that God gave. But it may not materialize in the next two minutes just because you're young and handsome and you figured it all out. Ooh, I'm preaching now. I better look in my cup and see what's in there just for Pastor Larry. It's drinking out of my Pittsburgh, the Steel City Starbucks cup. And I've got some uh, Green Mountain mild brew in here. Anyway, use this time to know the Father and let Him work out some of the things that don't belong in us. Let Him... Uh, this is a time for us to evaluate what's working and what ain't in our emotion and in our assessments. But I'm telling you what's not going to be worked out from you is to humble yourself in proscuneo under the power of the throne of God and that agreement that you've made, taking God by the hand, that's not, that's not going away. In fact, if anything, that is being strengthened. God's grace is still working in you. This is still a year of wisdom. You hold fast. God has turned in due time. We're in this Kairos moment. And um, it's, it's an interesting time frame. You, and, and, you know, reflect on the good things God has given you. Be faithful to give him thanks. You know, you're, you're provided for. Yeah, I know some things happen and they're they're irritating you know i i'm not going to say anything more than just a generic thing but one of the members of our congregation is battling uh against uh something that's come against their body right now i hate that and it's not covid i hate that and i'm proclaiming that whatever that is will not only be gone but that whatever that vulnerability over the years has been will be rectified. Another member yesterday received a, a really troubling word from their business, and there's a layoff happening.
But then I as I prayed, I reflected at how God had just given some amazing financial miracles in the past couple of months, in the past weeks even. And God is with you. Do I like the fact that there's a layoff pending? No. I love you. I don't want that to happen to you. But I know God's with you. And the key thing is you're healthy. You're provided for. You're going to emerge from this in great strength. And I, I'm just thankful. You know, I'm thankful for the many blessings God has given me. And um, one of the greatest is being able to align myself before the throne of God with you folks. Yeah, we're praying for you. We trust you're praying for us. But it's not out of fear. It's not out of apprehension. It's not out of, of any woe is me kind of a thing. It's out of the fact that I want you to thrive in your position before the Father. And I don't want you to miss out on what God has called you to be from the foundation of the world. And I'm praying that you will be strong and grow and, and really be exalted before the throne through your service to God. And what I mean by that is that you would be exemplary in your service before God. That's the only exalting that really matters. It's not about pride. And I pray for those people that are really coming into an understanding in this season that some of the things they relied on in the general church or in the world just are not providing the answers to their spirit that they know God is awakening. And I'm praying for them that they'll have a connection with God like Paul the Apostle, maybe not to that extreme, but when Paul was Saul, that they'll say, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to make a connection. Maybe Barnabas isn't coming to me, but I'm going to go to them, and I'm going to, I'm going to find what these saints are all about, and I'm going to commit myself to a service of intercession and selflessness before God. God is moving in that way. So I speak the blessing of our Father over each of you. I pray encouragement will come, but I tell you, the greatest encouragement you'll find in this time is through you seeking the Heavenly Father and finding breakthrough. Now let's talk about that for a moment. I'm just going to make myself vulnerable to you here, okay? Um, i got to have a sip of coffee before any vulnerability goes out. It's not out of my blue cup, Fran, but it's it's out of my Pittsburgh cup. So let's just take, for instance, one of the times over the past couple of weeks that I've told you I felt the enemy come against me strongly. What did I feel? Well, first of all, I felt just an overwhelming sense of gloom and despair. It wasn't quite junior samples, gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. That was from hee-haw, folks. Um, it wasn't that, but, but it was, it was just the feeling that, oh man, this is, this is bad. 
I don't know what this is, but it's call it an atmosphere, whatever it is, it's coming. And then I start feeling certain things that were troubling to me, and we all have them. Uh, you know, the scripture tells us if, if anybody says they're without sin, they deceive themselves. And we're not yet perfect. We're always being perfected. And so we all have that all that continuing thing where our purpose from God, where iniquities try to come and twist that purpose. And that's one of the things I am asking God for now, for these areas that are being revealed in me, that the enemy is, is seems to be able to influence me to go from purpose into iniquity. And, and I, I don't want to be vulnerable in that way. So I'd start feeling, you know, certain things that were irritating to me. And then I, d- I didn't dwell on them, but um, that seemed to be the first place the enemy was pinging. And then I'd feel just kind of, hopelessness you 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 think well what good does it do i mean you know you think those types of things i'm not verbalizing every thought process i have and then so you can bind that you can rebuke that you can cast it out you can read all the the wacky stuff that you read on the internet and then guess what i want to tell you something guess what after all that fault or all is gone you still feel that nonsense because it's not just about you sending a few scud missiles of faith and the enemy running away. He's wanting to stop you. He's wanting to stop you. And so I don't think your purpose in this hour is to just declare a bunch of stuff and to bind and rebuke. It's kind of like that old, that I've said this a hundred times or more, that thing I heard Mahesh Chavda talk about when he was fasting and he there was a bag of potato chips in his kitchen and he'd walk past it and he bound them and he rebuked them, but he did not cast them out. Um, you know, you can bind and rebuke all day long and you can even cast out, but if the object that, that God's wanting to... You see, the enemy's not in control of this thing. The enemy comes in one way because he knows God is wanting to do a greater work in seven And so you can cast the enemy out all day long, but until you submit that thing that he feels is a vulnerability in you, the enemy feels is a vulnerability in you, until you deal with that, guess what? It's not going away. It's like you casting out yourself, or I'm going to cast out the, the, the foundational purpose that was that given to me by God from before the world began. You can't cast that out. You've got two choices. Number one, you can give place to iniquity. Or number two, in partnership with God through His blood and by His power, you can turn that and begin to utilize that in the way that God wants to be used. We're being drawn upon in new ways. Even if, even if the base of what you are is just so holy and so pure, you are just a you're just a virtuous person, and oh my goodness, nothing can be found in you. Well, guess what? I've said that three times now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the button and find a new synonym from now on. We're being put upon in a new way. There are, there are parts of your eternal purpose that have not been drawn upon until this hour, because in God's timetable... You haven't needed it till now. And it's kind of like when a farmer 
has an acreage and he's plowed it or she's plowed it and then suddenly they say we want to increase our yield so we've got some ground that is has not been plowed or utilized so we're going to have to go in and break that up and get the stumps out and get the rocks out and and fertilize and get it ready maybe you buy an adjacent acreage and you've got to get that all ready there are parts of you that have not been brought online until now and there's some work to do you know the good part of you that has been serving God faithfully, yeah, maybe there are some areas that need to be adjusted. There are in all of us. Maybe that thing is going to be drawn upon in a new way in this season. I felt that. And, you know, when you start working out, like if, you, if you're if you running two miles a day and you decide you're going to ump it up to a faster speed or or to three miles a day, you're going to feel that in the morning. Yesterday I had the privilege of going on a walk with the twins and we walked quite a long while and after a little while they started saying my legs hurt <laughs> imagine that eight-year-olds they didn't weep and cry carry me papa but they they used to do that when they were little that they my legs hurt and i thought well come on we gotta go you know we kept looking at squirrels and trees and we found a spider crawling across the ground and you know, they made it. They're, they're no worse the wear today. But God is going to put demands on you. You're going to rise up and do exploits. But there are some areas of your spirit that God is activating right now, according to his timetable, that need to be brought in line. Some of it may seem like old battles you fought. Well, guess what? That's why. Because, you know, that same thread thinks it's got a root there plead the blood of jesus over it so don't think some strange thing has come upon you and you alone you know the way you overcome is by doing the way you overcome evil is by doing good and god wants that for you and for me so i go back to my vulnerable tale i'm feeling all these things and guess what? I said it again. Guess what? I said it again. Um, the only way I break through is by the good. And I have to humble myself. And I have to submit before the throne. And I just need to do what I'm supposed to do. Persevere. It's kind of like that old axiom of uh, sports teams. Or, or well-trained army. You know, when you've got and you've got two equally talented and gifted groups, um, and they're coming against one another. Yeah, coaching is is important, but it's the resiliency and the commitment to fundamentals that invariably wins the victory. If you're not going to give up, when you've done all to stand, stand there for. So you do what you're supposed to do. You make that time of prayer. The enemy will say, oh, what good does it do to pray? Nobody's here. I miss being in the sanctuary. I miss being with my brothers and sisters. Oh, whoa, oh, oh. Wee, 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 wee. I, I know that. I feel that. You probably do too. But when I, the way I break through is to pray in the Spirit. Now I want to tell you another thing. Sometimes, 
I have to reboot. What do I mean by that? Well, like today, I was just, I was, uh, I, it was, it was rough. Last week was rough, and and but but I over overcome through the Lord. Just because you face a problem, if there's anybody that says they don't face a problem, they're lying to you. Um, you know, one of the fun things that I've seen, I'm going to get back to this in a minute, um, is I don't watch the news very much, especially now, because it's, it's, it's the same nonsense. Every now and then I'll tune in to hear what funny things are on there. Um, but one of the funny things is that I'll see some of these reporters who aren't able to be with the, the cosmetic people in the network and aren't able, the women, to have their hair done. And I saw, I saw the other morning I tuned in because I wanted to know whether this PPP funding was extended. I just wanted to know that, and I've been praying about it, and it was extended. But I saw this woman who was just, please forgive me, for saying this but over the years you know she was just as they used to say back in the hills all dolled up and she was just a knockout on the screen you know and it's no fault to say that to read the box score it doesn't mean I'm rooting for her or lusting after her that's not the issue but I saw her the other day and I thought who is that is that is that her ugly sister named Hope I don't know who you are you know, your hair's not done. You're, you just look totally different. So that's been kind of funny to watch that. Some, some of the guys, they look pretty much the same because there's not a whole lot you can do with them. But, you know, I, tur- I turned it on, and I kind of rebooted by looking at that. And then I laughed a little bit about it, not making fun. I just laughed. And I thought, you know, I thought, man, if I had a makeup team like that I wouldn't look as gnarly and as old as I do when I'm on screen maybe I ought to work on that so, but but sometimes to reboot you just you just draw down do something else for a moment or a little while go in and make some coffee or you know do something and then come back and just act like that opposition wasn't there and pray sometimes yeah just pray it through but other times you just need to reboot and reestablish and um and but then you overcome this thing through the good you if the enemy's trying to keep you from something we'll do that thing if the enemy's trying to keep you from praying pray if the enemy's trying to keep you from remembering what god has said and doubt what god has said reiterate what god has said Overcome evil with the good. Overcome through the power of the blood of the Lamb and by your commitment, your martyria, to the Logos of God. This is a Kairos moment. This is a great moment. You know, sometimes people say, Oh, I would have loved to have been there on the day of Pentecost. Or I'd love to have been there when when, uh, Isaiah was in the temple and the train of the Lord was there. Guess what? The... the, the, um, did I say it again? Guess what? I did. Oh, man. I'm going to have to go back and count how many times I said, guess what? Um, you're living in a time frame that those individuals would have loved to have lived in. The end of all things is here. We have, 
we are standing on the shoulders and on the shoulders of those who've gone before. A great cloud of witnesses is praying and cheering us on right now. And this is the greatest time to be alive. So act like it. You're under the control of the Heavenly Father. Stay there. Humble yourself under the, the hand of the one who's sitting on the throne. And the God of all grace is supervising. He's going to do those four things that we taught about in the first session of the last seminar. He's doing that. But it's in due time is the Kairos moment we're in. Don't give up. Never give up. Never surrender. Um, be what God has called you to be. And I mean, really be that, because that's the most important thing. God is about the journey, and we're not going to be defeated. God's going to take care of us, and he is taking care of you. So I speak life and health to every one of you. I speak encouragement to every one of you. I speak a word of healing and provision to every one of you in favor. But the most important thing that I speak over you is that calling and purpose of God that he created you to enjoy in and with and through him in this moment. This is not a time to be despairing. It's a time to move in the power of the Most High. So cast those things that uh, are so easily besetting you on God. Because he wants you to turn those things for the good. And um, don't try to hide that they're there. Get them to him as soon as you can. And let them be turned. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure it wouldn't be pleasing to God if for the next 30 days you kept casting the same thing before him. You know, you need to flatten the curve. <laughs> You need to, you need to finally st stop. It's going to be encouraging when you stop submitting that same thing to God and finally start using it for the good. Turn iniquity into purpose, or or turn, uh, turn what iniquity has stopped in purpose into functional purpose. That's a better thing, because that's really the way we should look at it. There's a lot of things being done in the kingdom. And, you know, finally, I know I've, for those of you who have been keeping count, I've got about six minutes before I normally have done. So it's really about, uh, let's say, uh, it's about nine minutes after eight. I haven't even started going over time yet. But, you know, this year of wisdom and all the things God wants, we're going to be able to run through a troop and leap over a wall because... Our capacities are going to be so strengthened and refined and uh, expanded because we're serving God in this moment, because we are knowing him and enjoying him. Um, we're, we're going to be able to accomplish, and, and the intercession is breaking down the enemy's walls of opposition. And in fact, I think that may be part of what's going on. We've prophesied so much rightfully so, about the things God is going to do this year. The enemy put up so many trenches that God said, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to wait right now, and I'm turning the page. You didn't see this coming, enemy, and my people are going to be sowing into this moment, and 
you're going to have to come up out of those trenches and all of your your tricks and your um, your your traps are are going to be rendered uh, inoperative or uh, they're not going to be strong enough to defeat this strengthened people. Don't view these months as time lost. View them as times that we are gaining not only the victories God told us he was going to be doing, but greater ones. And I remember prophesying this many months ago. The things we know about that God wants to do in this year are great, but they pale in comparison to the things that he's not revealed yet. This is some of the things that God has not revealed yet. So be encouraged. And um, I exhort you to greater work. Let the greater works be done because of the greater things that God's revealing. Amen? Well, Father, I bless this people. And I thank you again for our eternal bond that has been forged by the King of Saints. I, I ask that you will draw your people near to you in this unique Kairos moment. And may, from glory to glory, may we be changed in this transition from glory to the next glory. Uh, and I, I ask that you reward your people for the victories won, but let us sow them all again now, confidently, expectantly in what is coming and what is here right now. So, Lord, thank you. Bless your people. We will overcome through our commitment to your eternal logos and by the blood of the Lamb. And we will serve you in this Kairos moment. And we will eat the strong meat as you nourish us in this Kairos moment. We love you and thank you for all of this and for the privilege of walking with you in this moment and for eternity. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for this, uh, this special moment that we've enjoyed together. And know that we're praying for you. And we thank you for your prayers for us. But mostly, thanks for allowing all of us the privilege of praying together before the throne of our Father in heaven. We will see you again. Don't forget, uh, today on Facebook, uh, Imani Harris is, has taught a word. It's up there. Uh, this coming Friday, Dion from uh, the Dwelling House in Florida is is uh, going to be ministering a, a word of exhortation. And I'm grateful. I thank Kelly, my daughter, for envisioning this. It, it's not for all the, 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 the people that you always hear, but we've got a lot of good folks in the network. And our objective is to see as God directs their words coming forth. And I, I've enjoyed this. And, and I thank, I bless Kelly for that, hearing that thought from God and for orchestrating that. So enjoy that. We will see you again um, on um, this coming Sunday. Until then, God bless and goodbye. <music>